A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Rich Hudson. Hello. And Rachel Shackleton. Good uh, day. Yes, and the <laughs> afternoon and wherever you happen to be listening to it. Now, E3 is in the bag, and rather than doing, uh, I don't know, like a whole rundown of the negatives or whatever, we've just assembled everything that was great about E3. It's kind of like an overall review, so I'm, I'm going to open with some general thoughts. What did you guys think of this year's show? It's been a weird mixed yeah. bag of bits and pieces. There's been a, a significant lack of cringe this year, and I think that's <laughs> because I think that's because EA didn't have a big conference because most of the cringe we get is from EA. Mm. You look at last year, you had. Um, I think it was last year what the, the guy doing Jesse Rollins doing his Need for Speed just, thing uh, this is my friend uh, Tim <laughs> okay uh, and then the shoutcasters for Need, uh, not Need for Speed um, well, I've got Need for Speed in my head uh, Command and Conquer Rivals yes um, just retire shoutcasting is like a yeah, thing. Yeah, it's just, yeah, that's that was my the main significant thing that I that was missing this year. Mm. But uh, I'm sure we'll get on to the lack of gameplay. Oh, yeah, that totally. Was the, that was another big thing. That was my other big takeaway for me. For the most part, I want to focus on the on the big things. But yeah, yeah. I thought for like a general opener, Rachel, what do you think of the event? Um, E3 for me was very lukewarm. Um, mm. I was mostly excited about a couple of things in Microsoft's conference. I enjoyed Ubisoft's, like, because it was just a good time. But there was nothing that really tickled my pickle hey. until... Nintendo hey. on the Tuesday and that Nintendo just, was a oh it just blew everything away from me I'm a massive uh, Nintendo that was a ravenous so. pickle tickler I just oh, had this big tickled. list of things that I wanted to see and out of my list of things I wanted to see one of those things came true <laughs> and I was fair, yeah, enough, fair enough it was pretty good for me personally mm -hmm. so we got a big old list so um, I asked you guys for one thing each so Rich uh, yours was Doom Eternal yes I've not did you enjoy I've not shut up about Doom Eternal <laughs> yes I did enjoy it uh -huh. um, I'm very excited November 22nd I'm going to throw some money at a Stupid helmet. You get a full size Doom helmet. <laughs> yes. Not get a cat helmet. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna sit. I'm just gonna sit in the office and just work on videos with my helmet. <laughs> so I'm gonna stream Doom while wearing the helmet. I can get you to like set up the podcast and you just flick the visor open and look up and be like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, nothing. Commander Keen, is it? You know, nothing different from usual. I no, exactly. I mean, I'm just hoping. Obviously, that we, they had the helmets with Fallout 76, and apparently the helmet was all right. So I've got, I've got faith in this helmet. <laughs> There's one um, thing Bethesda can actually deliver on. It's, helmet. <laughs> it's a helmet. Um, no, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's one of those games where I think Bethesda just goes. Yo, just just do what you wanted. Like we know it's mm. gonna work. Just do what you like. And uh, watched a good like 10, 15 minutes of gameplay the other day that, mm -hmm. that got released with it. And it's like, oh, this looks this looks so good. It just mm. looks like Doom twenty sixteen again. And that's all we really want. But I did mention this on Monday's podcast. I do have two very weird, very very me gripes with the game. Go on. The UI is horrible. Yeah, it's is not it? final though, is it? It's, November. It may not be final. No, um, but when what they, sticks out about the UI, it's garish. 
Okay. It's bright green, which admittedly, yes, it means <laughs> it means it stands out from the background more. Uh-huh. I get that on a design perspective, but just generally it looks it looks kind of silly. Is Doom itself not a wee bit silly? Doom itself is a a bit silly, but the thing is it always, it it takes itself very seriously. This, for me, when I was watching it, was teetering on the sort of, we're Rage 2, or we're really edgy, Uh, trying to take itself a little less seriously. Um, The arcadey nature of it, like watching this gameplay, there's a lot of really heavy arcade elements. And obviously the first game had um, arcadey elements to it. You could go in and do a level with all the weapons and just go Mm. and get a high score. That was fine, but Mm -hmm. it looks like that's going to be the mainstay for the campaign and that doesn't tickle oh my that's pickles. the thing that i think that's, makes it look brilliant I, you see I, I i would rather have it be feel more grounded like the mm. first one did mm. um and then the only other thing that again is another very weird thing is the fact that doom guy grunts when he gets hurt okay i don't like that don't want him grunting no he's, he's meant to be this big strong <laughs> dude pain, and he doesn't feel pain so hearing him going Ugh, <laughs> just like mm, that's taking that's taking me out of it i want to be this, this silent protagonist who doesn't give a crap and yeah. he's just beating the hell out of some demons hearing him go oh ow oh my arm like no i don't like that as gonna... a zelda fan i feel very attacked right now i was gonna say i wonder who they <laughs> have in other games getting getting attacked and having a grunt is fine but doom having the doom slayer grunt i mean looking no. at the gameplay stuff that was on the show floor the, the opening the sequence that they showed off to the punters over the um reviewers or whatever that were there apparently doom guy just climbs into a giant cannon in space yeah yeah he, get, he, fires he jumps into a planet BFG, planet. he like boots the cannonball out just sits in it and launches yeah. himself into just space lands forward roll yeah like, let's fight like that kind of that kind up. of silliness is doom that yeah. is doom but yeah there, there are certain little things that could potentially change as you said Rach but the, the, that stuff is just little things that are just sitting in the back of my mind like I'm gonna love this game mm. I'm gonna have a great time but there are these things that are just gonna be like Ugh, I think uh, um, I'd have this differently stuff like the power ups because they're bright yellow like bright yellow bright that's blue that's what bright I mean it's, it's garish and I, yeah. I don't like that the thing about Doom 2016 is the fact that it took it, like I said it took itself really seriously the UI was really nice the pickups were much more simple they were just mm. like a sort of burnt orange and the, and the sort of light blue for health it was easy to spot mm. and they just went okay there's your stuff just go kill stuff it's mm-hmm. all bloody it's all brilliant this is them turning up to 11 but not 11 in Doom it's like 11 in Rage the thing that I do love is in the original one you had stuff like if you um, killed someone with a chainsaw it would spawn uh, either health or ammo ammo Ammo. no no Whatever the one of the two. I thought the chainsaw got your health back. I think it was ammo. You would know. Chainsaw did one thing, and then if you did the uh, the glory kills, that gave you the that other thing. Glory, glory kills was kills. health, and sometimes ammo. So that's chainsaw was just ammo. That's yeah, that's apparently the stuff that they've um, fleshed out in the new one. It's like if you set enemies on fire and then kill them, you get specific ammo types. I you love that. Things. You see, that's great. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to how they've how they've changed all this stuff. Like I've seen. Um, uh, I, in the gameplay, there was he picked up a perk at one point that gave you extra drop. It was actually it was a vacuum mm. perk that meant that you could pull in. Um, obviously items from further away you have this perk active but like all of this extras have bolted on that feels more like the arcade mode but that's the main campaign and it's like I I like that idea being there but I'd rather play through the campaign as raw as humanly possible but that's just that's just me fair 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 do you know what else was good Rage? Breath of the Wild 2 oh god yes kind of a little bit um... Well, your reaction was to was to explode. <laughs> I did. I died. I actually. Oh God, cardiac arrest. Uh-huh. No, um, that was a really big surprise for me. I've been theorizing for like what the past six months that mm. a new Zelda was coming, but I didn't actually expect it to have a a trailer. It's weird. I just didn't think oh. that it would be there this year. I know. It was just such a really lovely surprise, and um, they're riding on a big old thick elephant thing, and Zelda's cut her hair, and there is a new spooky ghost man, and mm. oh my. God. There's quite a lot of stuff um, contains because like, in um, Breath of the Wild, Ganon is this giant demonic version of Ganon, yes. this big sort of like dragon so this thing. This is in theory, this is his corpse. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think we're delving into the origin of Ganon, and it seems like we're going into like the the ancient like Sheikah, like the different um, what do you call the diff- 
different uh, worship, the people that they worship in the different shrines. That's the body that they come across in the new trailer. It's like the similar. Oh thing yeah, the little the, the, the monkey dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel Monk, what you call them dudes. dudes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's like you. they look like. Um, it seems like if they're going to delve into the origin of Ganon, that maybe he was like some in this particular reboot. He's like. Oh some, yeah, like how did you turn into a big smoke monster? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, it's lovely. I'm was so that glad. Explained. No. I just assumed, uh, that, just was just I just assumed that was following on from one of the previous games. No. I, know the, I know the timelines all over the place, but mm-hmm. I thought there was <laughs> some point in the Zelda canon where it's like, oh, okay, Ganon's now a cloud. No, he just he just pulled a fantastic four gigantes, whatever he's called. Yeah, well, he just becomes like in this thing he's just like this big old timeless evil and yeah. then it's like you yeah. try and get him down and then he turns into a giant bull <laughs> and then you fight that as well I do love though like what we predict I'm sure we predicted it we were like right if they're going to make a new Zelda and it's going to be a new Switch Zelda mm. it's going to be it's going to be Breath of the Wild 2 we always knew yeah. it was going to be that because Breath of the Wild did so well and it's mm-hmm. just so nice to see that like Nintendo <laughs> are for as dumb as they are about some things <clears throat> voice chat for example mm. they're so smart with things like their own like their big IPs and I'm just so I know they're going to do such a good job yeah. and I it's mean, so exciting uh, Adrian Uma the producer has said that like once you go open world you don't go back exactly. and it's like it seems yeah. like that's what they're doing again and they did show the map obviously the castle kind of falls in and whatever but it seems like it's the same map overall I, I, hope, it's the, I hope it's the same but different mm-hmm. Maybe like, like a broken down version of it like a more destroyed Hyrule even yeah. more destroyed than Breath of the Wild are you sure <laughs> maybe I, I don't no know. thanks you can I want you do, do more destructive <laughs> things with no. the castle itself maybe. No, well, hmm. even more it was pretty destroyed anyway maybe but yeah um, another thing with Anuma was that he was asked by uh, Jason Schreier from Kotaku like, are we going to be playing a Zelda this time and he was like um, oh I don't want to answer that right now which kind of for me implies that you will be because if you weren't you would have just, uh, just have said no well yeah. there was a, a very clever thing that's been pointed out in the trailer uh uh, Zelda has got shorter hair, mm-hmm. and that's supposedly it matches the physics model of Link. to match the physics model of Link, so yeah. making uh, Zelda a playable character. Basically, they'll just take Zelda's model and just rig it onto Link's already existing mm-hmm. um, oh, like, really? model, and yeah. then Bob's your uncle. I mean, the, the like, thing, there you go, you're playing Zelda. Yeah, the thing that I love, one of the things I love the most about Breath of the Wild is the little what they do with Zelda when she's discovering her powers and her role in the history of the timeline, and she eventually embraces what she has to do, and then the game ends. So I'm like, she well, you definitely can, you know. is like one of my favorite Zeldas for mm-hmm. sure. And it's like yeah. this way more you can do with her ability set if she then learns that she, I don't know she can wield a bow and arrow or whatever, whatever you give her, maybe get her on the path to becoming chic <laughs> or something. I don't know why it just suddenly popped into my head. What if they did like a, a kind of like a Resident Evil thing where you can where there's like almost two different campaigns? They sort of hmm. run. Relatively relatively parallel with different bits and bobs but when you start the game it's like hey Link or Zelda that would be sweet are you, okay? you are you okay Rach <laughs> <laughs> I think out of the two I'd probably pick Zelda for the sheer curiosity of it even I though think I know either, either that or they'll just jump between the two mm. or it'll be like Grand Theft Auto you sort of just disappear out of one and appear <laughs> zoom in out the other yeah. yeah I, I mean either of both, those though. would be good the thought of them splitting up and doing different things because mm. obviously the two of them have different skill sets Link being courage Zelda being wisdom yes um, so they could really play around with that and like have um the two of them, like in a sort of lower perspective, off doing their own things, almost like GTA Five. That Actually, would be so and then cool. coming back together for like big story yeah. points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, if they had Zelda, that would be the first time we've had a voice protagonist in a Zelda game. I think Ooh. very true. Which would kind of change the flow of it, maybe. Yeah. But I like the idea of them doing something but like that. But then it's that. like that could make that could make their two different campaigns, to different gameplay, very distinctive. If mm-hmm. you've got Link, who is Link, and then you've got Zelda, which is this whole new approach to the series, mm-hmm. even more so in what is a still a very new approach to the Zelda series mm-hmm. by going open world. Yeah, you can give her. You can kind of have fun with like new abilities and stuff. You can make her like she has more of a role. She has like it's, even historically, like she's the reason that Gan is defeated or whatever. Mm. She spawns the light arrow and everything else to actually get by that stuff at the end of the first game. You've always so, yeah. needed her. Yeah, mm-hmm. it would just be a shame if they relegated her to be kind of like the MJ in Spider-Man PS4 where mm. her character is incredible but her gameplay stuff is just really dull 
Like, I, I think Nintendo... With, with I mean, into, with we'll the, still be playing as ours. Yeah, true. very true. But with Nintendo's oh, approach to um, to Zelda, especially to their, their, their super big first-party titles, they will they will take this very mm. seriously. So I can't see them taking that route. Because even with, yeah. um, just as a quick example, like the Animal Crossing stuff, the fact mm. they've delayed it, they're like, we're going to make sure we don't crunch this, we're going to really take our time. That goes to show that they're like, we want to make good games. Yeah, they're yeah, relevant yeah. to their investors now being difficult because of Animal Crossing being delayed. Yeah, it's a, we'll, we'll get to Animal Crossing yeah, we'll in a bit. That, yeah. um, but my pick for the... The thing that blew me away the most was the Final Fantasy VII gameplay reveal. Oh, it um, looks so good! It just looks phenomenal. Like they, like Square Enix opened their conference with it. They knew they had to have something that would, you know, make up for the weird sort of live streamy thing they did last year. And just the Final Fantasy VII's remake, I've con- gone back and forward on in terms of how much are you going to emulate the turn-based stuff and how much are you going to make it like Final Fantasy XV. And it turns out that it's kind of like a hybrid of the two. It's uh-huh. a more standard live-action game with light attacks and building up to specials, kind of like Kingdom Hearts, I guess. And then, but then when you go to use your specials, time freezes. The camera can pan around in super slow-mo and you can pick from a menu what you want to do which brings back that tactile you know choose your way through a battle thing which is what I love from the turn-based stuff yeah what, the one thing I really liked was that it's going to appeal to people <coughs> who do like the turn-based and then people who are maybe like myself who prefer a little faster mm-hmm. combat because they said you could choose you don't have to you can shortcut everything yes if you want to and I really like that because they're really thinking of their fans and I love it when companies do that mm-hmm. it's looking in from a completely outside perspective like <sighs> this Final Fantasy 7 remake has split people down the middle obviously mm-hmm. there are a lot of people that are like no, this is the worst thing to happen to Final Fantasy since ever. But the fact that they're going this, going the lengths to make sure it can incorporate new people and uh, mm-hmm. also cater to the old fans, like it's making me look at it thinking maybe th- maybe I should actually try Final Fantasy. You really should. Maybe this is because like, the, the turn-based stuff is like this is that's the thing that switches me off. Like right. I've never been a big fan of turn-based stuff, but seeing being able to play it in more of a kinetic. Way. Yeah, yeah, it's just a straight up action game. Um, like if you want it to be, like if I, I, obviously this is this is a very very this might be very very offensive to Final Fantasy fans. Does it in terms of the combat? Would it play kind of like Near Automata, that kind of style uh, for the combat? new one? Yeah. That's, you see, that makes me think, okay, that's caught, that's yeah. caught my attention now. You won't get, um, I guess you won't have like aerial juggles and sort of like quick evasive maneuvers and stuff, but you do have this idea. It's like Kingdom Hearts, you have the idea yeah. of like you're using light attacks to build up some meter to then burn stuff to do fireballs and yeah, summons yeah, yeah. and whatever else. Yeah. But generally, just graphically looks absolutely gorgeous. They kind of confirmed that they're um, at least splitting it into two discs so far. And, and there's this massive chunk at the beginning of Final Fantasy VII in this town, in this city called Midgar, and that's now making up the whole first disc, which as a Final Fantasy VII fan, that's weird because that's like the first fifth of the whole game but now that's kind of like a whole 60 hour experience now or wow. whatever um, but whatever so yeah that thing looks absolutely gorgeous and the, the high res models of the characters look brilliant um, confirming that it's old school Tifa which won't mean anything to you guys I don't think no I know, uh, I know what you mean yeah. yeah like Tifa's old school um, costume or whatever like having that come back is just really cool to see because she's had different variations over the years yeah she's looking gorgeous yeah just, <laughs> queen, just kicking the crap out of everything and doing, doing her backflip kick and just bringing those those moves back in and stuff I thought she looked brilliant um, so yeah my overall thing for the show would be Final Fantasy 7 but we do have a rundown of everything else. Um, so I have a big old list. So um, first up is Cyberpunk 2077. Now this oh. did a big CG trailer, but we did then get snippets of gameplay <clears throat> alongside the fact that Keanu Reeves is now in it as a main character, um, which came from another follow-up interview that he's playing Johnny Silverhand, which I should have realized because he has a giant silver hand, but I was too busy blown away <laughs> by the fact that Keanu Reeves' face was on yeah. the screen. Um, but yeah, if you're a fan of Cyberpunk 20, 2020, then you know that Johnny Silverhand is this main character um, and that's who Keanu Reeves is going to be. Ah. So he's a main character throughout the whole game. That was I saw an interview, interview that said that he He's got the second most dialogue in the whole game. Bar, yeah. I'm guessing Bar V. Yeah, they said to think yeah. of him as another protagonist, essentially. So oh, that's, that's, yeah. that's just thinking, like, he's not just relegated to a celebrity yep. cameo. Like, he is, he's sort of like, 
the the Norman Reedus kinda, like, yeah, to, to Death Stranding is oh, it, to Cyberpunk is Norman Reedus is to yeah, Death Stranding yeah or like John so. Bernthal is to Ghost Recon exactly, uh, Breakpoint yeah. but um, yeah I mean the thing that they showed off like I, I, I'm i always weird with CG trailers because I don't think they really give you much like we know what the world is like just mm. showing the gameplay um, but they did confirm that you um, they showed like a bike being ridden which looked a lot like Kaneda's bike from Akira so it's like that style of like chunky ass bike is something that I'm into um, but what did you guys think of Cyberpunk in general or was it a good show I'm just, I'm just excited <laughs> all they needed to do is build the hype even mm-hmm. more and they might even though without gameplay but it's one of those things where like I've got so much trust in CD Projekt just yeah. from just from hearsay because I still you know I've not touched CD Projekt go play The Witcher mate I've got it mate I just go haven't play played it, it yet oh good um, it takes 600 hours right? <laughs> um, just seeing it all it's like oh I just I need this game like mm-hmm. a first person RPG with, with shooting mechanics if they can nail the shooting down because that'll be the thing for me Yeah. Uh, aside yeah. from obviously all the story and all of the the, the the different approaches you can take like if they can nail the shooting down like this is going to be one of the best games of next year I'm sorry. Game, game of the year 2020 let's face it <laughs> most likely yeah Rachel you a fan um, no I I'm, I'm immediately sold on Cyberpunk. I have been sold for a while, so mm. I don't really, um, like, I'm looking at these new trailers and I'm not really, like, looking too much into them. I'm not, like, studying it. I'm just like, right, I'll get it. I'll get it when it's out <laughs> and I'll enjoy it. Um, so I wasn't paying too much attention to what was going on in the story. I know the guy's friend is all dying and stuff, but, like, for me, it's, like, RPG, CD Projekt Red, Character customization. Mm-hmm. I'm in. I'm yes. so in. Mm-hmm. Very excited. You've also they um, confirmed in a, in a follow-up interview with uh, Young Air on YouTube that you can do. Um, you can swap out a whole bunch of your body augments. Like if you want to yep. replace like parts of your chest and your arms and your legs yeah, and stuff, yeah. kind of like Deus Ex, but like done on like, a much bigger scale. Um, which in the 2020 game, uh, the board game or the tabletop game, the more you do that, the more you lose humanity because you're moving further and further away from your like you know flesh yeah, and base roots. Looking at the um, looking at the the cyberpunk websites, the main plot point is about finding the the best or the most sought after augmentation mm. for the body I think that is what that's probably what the whole chip thing was to yeah, do yeah, in, yeah. in the trailer we saw in E3 so yeah the whole game is based around changing yourself yeah. like, there'll be some big overarching commentary about like humanity obviously. yeah yeah well it's like, like, like uh, Mankind Divided so uh, Deus Ex Mankind Divided tried to go into that stuff but I think this will do it way better there's just, yeah. there's just a bigger world to sort of pick apart um, <clears throat> next thing down is Avengers um, which finally got like kind of like a mix of cutscene and bits of gameplay or which, stuff that could look like gameplay well, or watching sense gameplay yeah reading the, the show floor stuff that is apparently the gameplay but it's it's a mix you have these like single player on rail segments where like Iron Man's flying down the bridge taking people out you're playing as Thor wiping out a few people but then the overall gameplay is a co-op like Marvel Ultimate Alliance style thing so it's kind of the best of both worlds in theory um, but yeah like just watching that like come together I I'm I don't mind the, the looks of the character models like, no no yeah I, there's been a lot of backlash to them but yeah. what did you guys think of finally seeing it I Ooh, I, I wonder if it's maybe a little bit late. Like, mm. I think like, a lot of us have been used to seeing uh, all these characters, but like with so many other characters as well mm-hmm. in the MCU for so long. Now, suddenly we're back to like 2000 and whatever it was mm-hmm. uh, with the first Avengers minus Hawkeye. Yeah. And yeah. Um, for some reason, it's just it just feels a little bit like it's missing something for me because mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. like the appeal for Marvel for me has always been like more characters, more characters. Right. And um, we're down to just kind of the bare bones. But... But <laughs> they're pretty strong bare bones, to be yes. fair. I'm maybe being a little overly harsh, just because I, I was the, like... The, it's weird, because they, they are like taking it back to basics. They're yeah. like, here's the original Avengers, obviously minus Hawkeye. Unless you check out Ewan's, me and Ewan's video noticing that Hawkeye might be standing on the stage at the very beginning of the trailer. Oh. Go find that um, on the YouTube <laughs> channel. But yeah, I think they're sort of taking it back to basics, because they're doing the story about the Avengers messing up, and then there being five years where they have to live in that reality where they've got everything wrong. I like um, that it's a, a new story. Yeah, I do yeah, like yeah. that, yeah. Which it kind of mimics Endgame in terms of like, you, you've done everything wrong, you need your friend figure out a way back kind of thing and you have long hair 
and be, like bedraggled, begrizzled uh, Tony Stark, and it's like you know Bruce yeah. Banner saying, "Look, it seems like you're the reason that this kind of went wrong." So yeah, I like that. I think they need to do like a proper gameplay demo. Yeah, um, but Rich, maybe that's you, all it needs. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of the? Yeah, I, I'm. Got? I'm. I don't know. Like, I understand the whole, yeah, there needs more people, but I think in the same way when you look at, like, Spider-Man PS4's marketing, they just started off with, here's Spider-Man. Yeah, cool. yeah. Then That's all like, we need. Here's Mr. Negative, <laughs> like, a year later, and then here's, like, here's, we're assuming the Sinister Six, like, mm-hmm, a bit later mm-hmm. on. Like, I think more and more stuff might come up. I'm s- Like, if they go super bare bones, I, I get it. Like, mm-hmm. going back to the OG Avengers, minus Hawkeye, supposedly. Mm-hmm. That'll still be but, good. Yeah, absolutely. I won't dispute that, but it's sort of like, there is that expectation now, and mm-hmm. going back that far, it's like, this, this is a game that's, planted in 2011 yeah and doing endgame where you're going back in time that sort of supplants the 2011 avengers Mm. back into this sort of modern uh sort of discourse of the avengers and it's like it fits whereas just just going back there and staying there just seems seems a bit backwards not that i expect the size of cast Mm. from endgame as an example Mm -hmm. but i'm sure there will be more stuff coming on say hello to a new era of mental health care Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash post. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Uh, coming along, but... Um, they yeah. do have a bit of ground to make up in terms of, like... Because for me, I, I just was like, well, I know it's their own thing. Crystal Dynamics set on stage, like, this is our version of the Avengers, our version of the characters. So, like, yeah. you know, when we, when we launched into the, you know, seeing the profile shots and everything, I was like, well, yeah, they're not going to look like Robert Downey Jr. or Chris Evans or whatever. And I'm glad that a lot but, of people have actually appreciated that. Mm. Like, there are people who are just... The more people are criticizing just the general design itself, yes. not the fact that, oh, it doesn't look like uh, Chris Evans. Yeah, some, it's Jr. like the costumes and stuff. Like, maybe yeah. like, maybe you could look more super heroic rather yeah. than just Captain America in a bunch of body armor and stuff. Um, but yeah, the next thing down is uh, Elden Ring, which was, um, we had it rumoured and kind of leaked early, but then seeing it be real still made me leap off the yeah, couch. Yeah. Um, this is the new RPG from uh, from Software, like, co-written by Hidetaka Miyazaki and George Martin, George R. R. Martin, Game of Thrones guy. Um, but yeah, we saw like a CG trailer for it, and apparently Miyazaki has said that it's very heavily, uh, gameplay-wise, going to play very much like Dark Souls. So to kind of think of it in terms of, I guess, it's like a spiritual sequel. <laughs> Sign me the butts up. Yes. I mean, any, to be honest, anything from Miyazaki I love, and I do really 
really love Song of Ice and Fire as well. Mm. So like when this was, I kind of wish I didn't know that this right. was coming because I heard all the rumors and I was like, ooh, consuming every like piece <laughs> of information that mm -hmm. I could hear about it until mm -hmm. it was finally released. Um, so it was like a really nice surprise and it was really cool to see the kind of style that they've gone towards. Yeah. It's like pleasantly obnoxiously bizarre and I love <laughs> yeah. that I love that so much you've got like this woman this kind of female blacksmith with like this crack in her back and I'm yeah, like, like oh is that apart. like your your dark sign kind of style like uh -huh. is there some kind of curse in this world and oh I'm just excited to hear more I think I mean even if looking at the logo and the font maybe think of Dark Souls like that yeah. sort of like ancient like macabre art it, style honestly it looks just because you mentioned fonts it's like mm. oh I'm in I'm in Bring, come on. tag me in <laughs> um, it looks so 7th gen I okay. love it like yeah. just like the, the sort of approach the Dark Souls and Sekiro and that has it, it feels so like uh, glory days of let's experiment with mm. the seventh generation of games and like seeing how the game is looking and how the, the marketing is looking and the logo and everything it looks so seventh gen yeah but I really like that like so, as someone who's still getting into the, the Souls games like mm -hmm. seeing that and seeing how they're, they're really branching out but within the same little pocket of gameplay loop. Yeah. Like, I find that really interesting. And the thing I love the most about Elden Ring is the fact that Miyazaki was completely sure that George R.R. R. Martin would say no. Yeah. He's genuinely really surprised. Like a friend he was like, of a friend that sort yeah. of the, the, the meeting out in the first place. I read the interview, yeah. It's, mm -hmm. just, it's just beautiful. It seems cool. The, um, it seemed, but yeah, apparently like the, the whole world's been conceptualized by Martin and Miyazaki, but then Miyazaki obviously took the lead on the combat design yeah, and that yeah. kind of thing. Of course um, will. But they said that difficulty's still going to be a major thing. They said that they believe in the idea that their games have have this unique sense of rewards and mm. obviously they're so arduous when you finally get through them it's so worthwhile hint hint Asian sword saint hint hint oh, is the worst I cried. slash best thing ever um, but yeah it seems like it'll be more of that but you're apparently going to different kingdoms to take out these potentially corrupt rulers or these rulers that have gone sour or whatever mm. take them out acquire their abilities and make your way towards this big final boss so overall the structure for it sounds kind of cool and pretty ambitious for them it, I mean, it sounds pretty standard. Don't get me wrong. Mm. It doesn't sound like they're trying, you know, ridiculously new things. But that's good. But they, they've never that's done good. something that big. But they're before, going, so, they're going yeah. full open world this time. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. They were, they were. I don't know where I read it now, but it, there was a distinction to be made between like the assumption that full open world is like an Ubisoft style open world versus something like Ocarina, where yeah. you've got like a, a main hub and then things plugged into it. So I think it's gonna be more like that. I mean, I wonder if they'll just like take, for example, like with Dark Souls One, where there are potentially at one point four ways that you can go. I wonder mm -hmm. if they'll just take that and like inject something into it and like you know what I mean like yeah, so that I hope times so. 10 I saw um, someone refer to like the first Dark Souls uh, design as like a feeling like a world that felt like one big dungeon and I love that because I think that's the thing that they keep kind of getting away from like they circled back into it with Dark Souls 3 and then they moved away from it again in Sekiro so it, it's weird like the more open you get the more you get away from the tightness that makes Dark Souls yep. so playable yep. so I, I don't maybe, know maybe but... they'll stick with that sort of open linearity because I'm playing through Dark Souls finally mm, yeah. and it's like just going through and it's like yes there are all these different routes but it is still on one given path and that's what I like because I've always mm -hmm. had my gripes with open world mm -hmm. they just drop you into an open world like here you go it's like yeah, oh like, where do I go but find the thing yeah. but you see there are two more potential ways that you could have gone apart from the way that you've gone so some, <laughs> something like that I would actually you'll think the, 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 the open linearity as it were yeah yeah totally yes, well, like that's the thing that. that like made everyone fall in love with souls in the first yeah. place so it's like it's I, like the, yeah. the illusion of open world mm -hmm. I think if they manage to nail that down but still manage to go here's the straight and narrow but you don't really realise you're on the straight and narrow that as a gameplay design loop is perfect take a handful of kingdoms that are like mini Dark Souls with a connective tissue letting you ride between different places but if you have like nicely designed kingdoms that have that sort of Dark Souls level aesthetic I'll totally take that totally. Where um, would you, just a weird question for both mm. of you where would you want the sort of the combat the kineticism to lie would you want it to be like Souls Bloodborne Sekiro on that sort of scale where would you want it to sit <laughs> mine's probably Sekiro but it would be less focused on this, the um, precise timings because I love the animation and everything in Sekiro but I thought that game boiled down to just press L1 at the right time Yeah, which I know is sacrilege but just after a while that was the thing that <laughs> 
stood out to me. What do you think? Uh, souls for me for this one. Pure souls. Um, yeah, I think especially if they're going down the kind of Norse route. I wasn't mm. getting a feeling of Norseness in no, the trailer, just like but medieval fiction. That yeah, was medieval um, fantasy stuff. Yeah. It was rumored that they were going down Norse mythology, but mm -hmm. like it, if it's medieval, it's got to be Dark Souls. Um, mm. Sekiro's combat worked really well in a samurai environment. Mm -hmm, but. Mm -hmm. I mean, it'll be going up against like Neo 2 or whatever when that thing finally drops as well. Yeah, um, because everyone in that game has a sword, but in this kind of game, I kind of hope we're fighting big, crazy mythological beasties. They did say boss battles, yeah, like big boss oh, battles no, and character Torres customization. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the next thing down, complete opposite tonally, is Animal Crossing, ah! which um, finally got <laughs> confirmed. We saw, obviously, like knew it was coming rumored for a long time or whatever, but just seeing a nice little bit of gameplay, that thing was the most wholesome looking thing ever. Um, for me, it kind of reminded me a little bit of um, Don't Starve and um, more like survival esque stuff because you've got like, you know, wash up on an island or you'll, or you'll take a trip to an island and you're sort of making the most of the island that you have you're watering your crops day night cycles like that was I thought that was them tapping more into a survival loop I mean Animal Crossing's kind of always had that mm -hmm. um, you you sort of travel to this area you're immediately in tons of debt and you kind of work <laughs> off like any way you can to pay that debt off that's what the game's always been so it's had like a little rod though to get over the rivers oh you can what's it for, it's like a, like a pole vault looking vaulting thing. That's yeah it. see survival <laughs> I, love, I love how everyone sort of picked up on that one little vaulting animation. But at this point, like, there's so many, so many games in that it's like any small thing that they do slightly yeah, yeah. differently. It's like, okay, that's that's the new um, thing. So. At least they're doing something differently. Mm -hmm. Crafting is new, though, I believe. And then the whole online element could be that could be huge. Mm -hmm. That could be so so good. Like, take uh, for example, like Stardew Valley online. If you guys have played that, yes. Like, you'd think that farming by yourself, like you'd think, oh, farming with a friend. Oh, how much more fun can it be? But it's so much more fun. <laughs> um, I just what I loved was I think last. I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but was it last E3 that they said Animal Crossing was I don't coming? know if it was E3. It might have been E3. I don't it know if we ever got enough, but it, it, was, it, was, it, was a, it was a direct. It was a bit of something. Everyone just got really hyped for this day. I think it yeah. might actually, do you know what? I think it might have been after they announced Smash. And it was like the first direct after they announced Smash. Mm -hmm. Okay, that so was one else they, they bait and switched with the Isabel. Yeah. So quite a long so it time was, ago. Yeah. I think it was like the first one where we thought, oh my God, we're actually going to find out more about Smash. Because obviously at that point, all we saw was that Smash was coming back. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was definitely a big one, but I don't know whether it was E3. So I'm, again, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. All we had after that, like this whole time, we've had nothing this whole time. Nope. nope. Suddenly we get a trailer and quite a long trailer at that. It was yeah. a few minutes long. Gameplay. And gameplay and a release date. So yeah. I think that was a really nice sort of package for people who were excited about it. Hats that. off to Nintendo for that. Like I think saying obviously because they're, they're, they're getting into the habit now of saying okay there's new stuff in development like with Metroid like with Zelda uh, Breath of the Wild mm -hmm. 2 and like I would be happy to just like everyone's like oh we want to see more we want to see more I want to see more of this game I want to see where it is right now. But yes. if they just turn around and went when you, when you next see it it's because it's really close. Like, mm -hmm. is that what Ubisoft do? They they only really show stuff off when they know that you're, <laughs> yeah, that you're yeah. relatively about to get Especially it. Especially this year, anyway. Yeah, yeah. like I mean, if, that, yeah. if that's if that's Nintendo's mm -hmm. approach, then that's great. I mean, mm -hmm. if they, this is literally the only. See, it plants the season. Yes, people go, oh, I want to see it this year, and then get annoyed that they haven't done it. Kind of like how yeah. everyone was annoyed at Bethesda for not showing Elder Scrolls and Starfield, even though they said they weren't going to. Mm -hmm. um, like just planting that seed and then eventually going, da da, here it is. It's very really in the, the timing of it. Like, something like Cadence of Hyrule, it was, I mean, I know we knew that was coming, but they were just like, here's a trailer, and it's, it's like, releasing on Thursday. It's releasing two days away, bye. Which is the best way to sort of do it. Um, the next thing down, I thought we'd talk a little bit about um, Microsoft, because they said their new system's coming next year. It's yeah. still called Project Scarlet, um, but yeah, just focusing on uh, reducing load times and prioritizing streaming and things like that. Um, we are vastly quickly running out of time, but what did you think of the idea <laughs> of a new Xbox being focused on that, those kind of things? It's, it's exciting um, for people. I understand just planting the seed, because they planted the seed last Last year with that little like a, like a silhouette of a rectangle yeah. saying yes we're working on the new console <laughs> and even if they didn't reveal the whole thing mm -hmm. which I'm, I wasn't really expecting them to do 
um, they, they've planted the seed for next year because of course we're, we're more than certain we're going to find out about the PS5 more officially because admittedly at this mm. point we knew more about the PS5 come E3 than we did about the Xbox whatever yeah like because um, we also had all the specs on wired and everything like we, we knew all about that we didn't know anything about the new xbox so they revealed it they've, they've planted the seed they're going to reveal more of it i'm going to say next e3 and then they'll do yeah. the full here's the name here's the look of it this is how much it's going to cost it's coming out in i'm guessing november holiday twenty. that's like the big thing because it's like the, all the conversations are on like how relevant is e3 and like there's a, there's a great interview on uh, giant bomb between uh, jeff gersman and phil spencer just talking like talking about that and phil spencer's saying like e3 is the one time when the whole world sees what the gaming industry is up to and it's like it's like our super bowl it's time to shine kind of yep. thing and it's like going into next year either both both companies will be back again Xbox uh, Microsoft will bring their new Xbox will be the PS5 or whatever or more people more people will move away from it again I think that next year is probably going to be the, the make or break kind of thing I think Microsoft's going to stick to it because they've realized they've that that they look, will, yeah. look at the platform we've got like everyone else is going away but like that means that's just more eyes on us it mm-hmm. seems so stupid that they're all getting up bit. on it but, but then I guess it'll turn into just like the um, what do you call it X23 or how they call the, the X show X23 is an X-Men character but they, have, <laughs> they do have a conference called uh, well they do their X conference thing every Every year, like towards the end of the year, where they show their own stuff, and it's like their own personal showcase. Oh, right. Sorry, I see what you mean. I thought you, meant, mm-hmm. I thought you were referring to another E3 show. No, I was just, uh, I'm yeah, thinking sorry, E3 will turn into like, that like the PlayStation but... experience mm-hmm. sort of thing, but it's just for Microsoft. Yeah, Rich, are you, are you excited for a streaming Xbox? Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> Me either, to be honest. No, but it might uh, work. I'm happy they're still calling it Scarlet. I think that's a good name. I'm mm-hmm. waiting for them to change it and call it the Xbox Two and it's, just ruin it. Do a Batman and um, be the Xbox. No, oh, I really no. liked uh, the little bit of behind the scenes. That was really nice, mm. just to kind of remind us all, like, look, we're working on it we know you want to hear about it so here's a little video about it with some really cringy interviews oh my god <laughs> it's, it's that guy who says monster like the way they it's edit it it's like this eats. guy is monsters for breakfast that's one of the cringiest moments of when they revealed it let's see what this they, monster that's can totally do. planned though they I know, totally I know it was. everyone to talk it's about like, it regardless um, but no I think that's good they were just kind of checking in they were like look we're doing stuff <laughs> we're doing stuff like you said it's uh, everyone knows about E3 and then mm-hmm. people who don't know about E3 don't realise that they do know about E3 so it's a pretty big deal. So it's a good idea to just be like, we're relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, alongside that as well, they said like Halo Infinite's coming next year and then they showed some Gears 5 stuff and like Fable wasn't there. So for me, I think they're hanging back on Fable and Halo and they'll just, they'll, they'll release be both of those titles. as like they launch titles. blew their budget building that big Gears of War thing that they that had. in the weird underground why? play area <laughs> so that no one saw. I've got to give them credit. Some incredible camera work with the camera diving under, into yeah, the stage and going under. Like, that was so, so over the top. <laughs> and yeah, lack, complete lack of gameplay like, it looks like they got the gears trailer swapped around it was when weird. they first announced gears 5 and then they give you an absolute naffle trailer this year it's like they should have been the we got a cg around. trailer for a multiplayer mode which looks uh, like a good multiplayer it mode. does look cool but it's like that this is the kind of thing you need to see in gameplay yeah it was like here's some wrestlers playing the gameplay that we could have shown you but we're not going to yeah but whatever yeah i think as as much as everyone was like it's microsoft's conference to lose i don't think they lost it but i think they could have brought more like it's nice to check in and go these things are coming but considering all the hype was like you know building around the idea that they would show off the new xbox yeah if they had then they would have dominated the rest of this year in terms yeah. of like their planning for the at next generation. At least they showed something. Yeah, yeah. At least Unlike like, Nintendo. We have a project. <laughs> She's very quickly back to the actual like specs and stuff when mm. we're talking about that. One thing I'm going to give, give Xbox credit for, or Microsoft credit for, is like they weren't um, bull pooping the. Uh, consumers as much as they were when they were doing the Xbox One X. Oh yeah, totally. Because when they were doing that, it was like buzzword after buzzword mm-hmm. after buzzword, teraflops, all this sort of thing. <laughs> this time they just went, you know what? We've realized that you guys have, they've sort of matured more because obviously the expectation of these new consoles is way, way higher. And they're mm-hmm. like, okay, 
we need to know that our fans actually want to know yeah. more specifics. Like they actually want to know what these specs really do. Mm -hmm. And they just went in and said, okay, this is what it's doing. This is all the things it's doing. And it's like, there was nothing in that that made me think, oh God, they're saying this rubbish to mm. try and sell it. Like like I said, there's like, we have 8.2 teraflops going through the Xbox One X. Like, <laughs> no like, one knows what? what that is and nobody yeah. cares. But like the fact that they really went and they took it so much more seriously than they did. Yes, they had the monsters line, but like they were, they were doing things properly like yeah. they were really treating this new xbox not as a big gimmick to sell to kids they're like this is a serious piece of kit mm -hmm. and it's kind of like bridged the gap between them showing off the original xbox one and then it's like they've completely like just avoided the way they approach the mm -hmm. xbox one x and they go here's the new scarlet this is what it does here's all the kind of gimmicky things but like we're not actually like not lying to you but it's like it's, it's not just PR it's, speak, it's yeah, yeah they, they kind of they toned down the pr speak and went more technical mm -hmm. and for me uh, even though I know I'm not going to get an Xbox Scarlet, like the hell for somebody watching that happen, it's like this is good for the people that do want one. Yeah, because well, they're not they're not being weird around it. They're being blunt. This is what you're getting, mm -hmm. and I really, really, really appreciate that from Microsoft because mm -hmm. I expected them to really overblow it. Well, the thing like with Phil Spencer is that he's been like just so transparent about everything. Like that's kind of why everyone started to love him. Like, I think he's a great figurehead for Absolutely. that company. Um, and yeah, like I said, that interview on Giant Bomb, I'd recommend that to literally everybody. He's just him talking about the realities of being the head of Xbox and uh, what they've got in the pipeline and everything. Um, the thing I was going to end on is Watch Dogs Legion because Killer Granny Helen <laughs> was the first sort of like stage, stage stealer of the night kind of thing. Um, that was one of the earliest uh, conferences as well. For me, this was the only good thing at Ubisoft's entire show, but at least they had a good gameplay demo of their next Watch Dogs. Mm -hmm. And as someone who liked Watch Dogs 2 but wasn't that bothered in the franchise, give me Splinter Cell, whatever, um, I still thought that Legion showed very well. Like we've been talking about Killer Grannies ever since. Yeah, yeah. I think the the meme value of Helen was like, was, <laughs> they, they knew what they were doing. They uh, knew she would blow up. Um, no, that we got like so much. Uh, we got like 15 minutes or something yeah, yeah. of Watchdogs. That was lovely. I really enjoyed watching it. Mm. I had a good time. I, it got me really interested. It in really the game. like I don't know about you guys, but like whenever something like that comes out, where they're like, okay, we've got this whole new game engine. Well, there's like a whole new um, set of game mechanics where you can recruit anybody. Everybody has a unique voice and a unique set of animations and, and all that kind of thing. And I'm like, well, that's not true because you haven't modeled like 5,000 different people. Um, <laughs> although apparently, like according to uh, Jason Trier, it, the reality of coding this was apparently a nightmare. Um, but I'm just curious, like. Like, how do I, you know, when I get hands on with it, like, how many different people can you yeah, recruit before you see what classes yeah, they are? Because yeah. um, they did show, like, they had this, like, really good, like, assassin type character that was, like, riding on top of drones. You had Killer Granny. Um, you sort of had this uh, other, like, courier character towards the end. And they all had different animations. Um, but the way that they get described, where, like, one guy, this big brute character, was, like, an ex UFC fighter. So it made sense that he would have, like, haymakers. And I'm like, is that exact haymaker going to be on, like, some other character that wasn't an ex UFC probably. fighter? Probably. The thing is, though, like you say, the logistics, there's probably going to be, like, 20 different characters yeah, yeah, yeah. that have got different hair colors and different <laughs> names and, and and i'm cool with that because mm -hmm. that's i mean that's uh, reality mm -hmm. but it does look really good mm -hmm. and i'll do i do like the way that they chose to uh to show it off at e3 they did it right at the start as well which was very mm -hmm. good um, stuff like the um, the cutscene stuff like they said like, depending on who's on your team and who you go to these mission drops with changes the cutscenes yeah. and they're all, it's all like procedurally generated like it's all it stitches that scene together based on who's there at the it's time it's incredibly ambitious yeah. it gets people very excited but then like because I've never been interested in Watch Dogs I've not played either Two is of good. them um, but like this is making me look at it and think okay I could get behind this kind of way they're going about this mm -hmm. game but yeah it, it's one of those things where this could be a case of Ubisoft's trailers versus reality maybe like I, I don't want to think that because looking at this like this could be a really really big win for them mm -hmm. and a big win for the series as well mm -hmm. um, but yeah like logistically it would be a nightmare but the fact that they're really seeming like they really wanted to try and do this like that is it's ambitious like yeah. I mean 
in terms of voice lines and stuff, like Bethesda managed it with Fallout 4 with a male and female protagonist with like all these ridiculous number of voice lines, mm-hmm. everything spoken. It has been done True. before. And I doubt every character would have as many voice lines as the protagonist in Fallout 4. But if they split that into like fifths and did that Maybe. with five different people, it probably is feasible. But yeah, I definitely agree that there'll be just classes with X number of people underneath it, mm-hmm. maybe variations of voices, and we're all just. I know that, ones. like, um, since obviously No Man's Sky proved that you could do like procedurally generated universes, that Ubisoft uh, internally have been moving into a lot more of that stuff. Like you had um, Bethesda do their Radiant Quest system that generates quests, and Ubisoft have had bits and pieces of that in the new Assassin's Creed games. So it's like they've been kind of building towards something like this, like a procedurally generated London or a procedurally generated area with um, you know constantly generated quests and characters and stuff. Seems insane. What rage do you not oh, want? Oh, the post-Brexit London. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh. not political but it's set in a post-Brexit London guys like, I promise that is not what it's going to be like can, can you I, mean, can you, I wish we could promise that can you confirm that yeah sadly uh, but the, the thing's we're not going to riot in the streets are we no we, we might try and fly oh, drones though we'll have to oh, wait and see it's so, it's, yeah I was going to say that's the only bit steeped in reality <laughs> drones over Gatwick and then suddenly <laughs> it's cringy but it's a video game yeah, yeah, yeah it seems yeah, yeah. for as much as they had at the show it seemed pretty good but um, but yeah so that's kind of what I'm ending our, uh, our roundup on for now but let us know what you think down in the comments below if you're on the YouTube side or come find us on social media if you're on any of the audio platforms for now though this has been the All Culture Gaming Podcast and I've been your host Scott Taylor for joining by Rich Hudson thank you for listening I hope you enjoyed E3 and Rachel Shackleton <laughs> see you next time I'll catch you next time bye, bye. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.